Welcome back to the Wizards of Amazon podcast, your weekly blueprint for explosive success. I'm Carlos Alvarez, full-time successful Amazon seller and organizer of the largest Amazon seller meetup group in the world. Let's do this. Welcome to the Wizards of Amazon podcast, where we cover all things private label. My name is Carlos Alvarez, and I will be your host for the show. Today, we have guest Rick Watson on the show. Rick, what's up? I think uh, the world is upside down. That's what's up. So we're in the in the heart of uh, Corona in the U.S. and or in New York. What's going on? Yeah, we're in ground zero. I think we're all sheltering in place. Although the governor really hates that term, he does not want us to call it sheltering in place because we're not in physical bunkers. Um, Rick, you are an e-commerce strategist, and as we were talking about before uh, we hit the magical record button. Initially, I thought that was like the vaguest title in the world, but after uh, digging a little bit into your profile and your background and, and all the different media appearances, actually like legit media appearances, uh, that's an amazing title. I think strategy, like you are like God's gift of strategy after reading some yeah. of the stuff. You <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, you know, one of the things I, I hate, I actually hate the term expert. I, like, to me, any, anyone who like, calls themselves an expert about anything is usually not, uh, as you probably have experience with as well. So the thing I love, I, I, I like working in all parts of e-commerce, you know, from technology to advertising to inventory. But it all, to me, a lot of it comes back to strategy because if you're doing the wrong things, it doesn't matter that you're doing things um, because you're not going to be effective. You, you're not an Amazon seller yourself. You don't you haven't created a brand, no, no direct, no. Amazon, direct Amazon sales experience from you being the brand owner. However, um, I, in a second, I want to unpack these, these five amazing points uh, on a LinkedIn post, actually, that you created, yeah. which is surrounding what should Amazon do to help its marketplace sellers. Some of this, mm-hmm. I guess, is triggered by the, the restriction of non-essential items being shipped into FBA mm-hmm. and everything else. But before we dive into that, were you, were you born a strategist? Like, how? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my father was an entrepreneur, so I grew up sort of the son of a CEO. So that, that was kind of like Already perspective, that. that's one. <laughs> I was on the, I was on, I, I have a fairly strange background in that I was, uh, my background is electrical engineering, computer science, so very technology heavy, but I was also on the debate team. So I enjoyed speaking uh, and, and, and talking with people. So that, that kind of explains some about me. In terms of strategy, a lot of it has to do with being one of the first people at the company channel, which a lot of Amazon sellers will know over the years. I was one of the first five employees there starting in 1999, and I was there for over 10 years. Uh, so I built uh, literally uh, software initially because that's that's what I came out of school doing, uh, and then I moved to product management and running the product and engineering organization. Ten years later, when it was three hundred like three hundred person company uh, before it went public, um, this was sort of back in the heyday of of Channelizer. Seeing the growth of like seeing eBay before it had an API program. Seeing Amazon before it had a, had a marketplace and was in multiple categories, you know, before. So when dinosaurs um, were still. Yeah, there. when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Amazon had a, an auction site that most people don't yeah, know. That's true. And they had a, a Z shop site, um, which was kind of like a mini shop. You kind of dated Amazon. yourself there. I, I'm so old. I'm no, older. There's a video here and you look 
significantly. <laughs> I know that can't be true now. Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm like Dick Clark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> um, uh, so what, what's, your, what's your main focus now? Like, what do you work on now? What, what's, what yeah, what I've been doing now is, um, so about a year ago, I started my own e- uh, e-commerce consulting firm. And I work with two types of companies. One is investors and management teams that are starting entirely new direct-to-consumer e-commerce initiatives. So usually this has to do with someone who's bought a brand or is at a big retailer or brand, and they're doing a lot of wholesale business, but they can't do some basic direct-to-consumer things. Like they may not have a website or they have a very old one, or they can't ship eaches at all. Um, and, you know, and so as a result, everything that stems from that you know, the customer service experience and the logistics and the marketing, they just don't have a mindset for a direct-to-consumer. And they know that the typical experience is that if you're in the wholesale business, you don't know anything about your customers, your margin is eroding because a lot of your brand customers are, are going direct, Amazon's taking your margin and, and lots of other companies. And so, you know, you need to change your business to go direct-to-consumer, you just don't know how. And you can't call an agency because an agency will want to, they want people who already know what they're doing. And so basically I help them get from, I have some money and I have an idea, get me to the, to the point where I can start servicing customers in a, in a direct manner. In a profitable direct manner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. And, and, and so from programming e-commerce strategy, do you feel like anything on the programming side helped you do that? Or did you pick up a lot of stuff at Channel Advisor? Yeah, I, I picked up a lot. At, like Channel Advisor, I mean, Scott Wingo is one of the pioneers in e-commerce. And so I learned a ton from him uh, over many years. He's multiple, even when he was at Channel Advisor, he was a multiple generation successful entrepreneur. And so just watching that those guys and being around the same group of 10 to 15 core people for so many years. And I just always love talking to sellers. And so from the beginning, Channel Advisor, our, like, basically Scott Wingo had the idea that big sellers were going to sell on eBay. And right. like, he had this idea in 99. And that wasn't a thing. Like IBM was our first customer. We had so many eBay sellers, probably only with like, I don't know, I can count a handful of them I still know and that are good friends of mine that are still on there. So many are not there anymore. As you know, Marketplace right. is a really tough business. After you've talked with so many sellers, you just start to get in their head and start to understand how they think and touring warehouses and seeing the listing process and dealing with customer service and fraud and fakes and all those things. And so kind of going from channel advisor, the first thing that really sort of got me in the retailer mindset was when I was at barnesandnoble.com, I actually built their third party marketplace, rest in peace now, but it was a thing for a time. Um, and, uh, this is, was in 2011. It was a big thing. It, yeah, it was, it was in 2011. We actually got Wayfair as a seller. Um, so we probably added about a million and a half SKUs to the catalog. Um, but starting a marketplace from zero on my, not on my own, but with a team of at most probably a hundred people at the time that were working on that platform was a huge sort of formative experience in learning like, what does it take to operate a marketplace? Uh, which is a completely different perspective than building software for a marketplace. Um, let, let's jump. Let's jump into the meat and potatoes here on this post. I'm, I've been a full-time Amazon seller of 
a uh, little over 14 years. I've uh-huh. uh, been really successful with it. It's the only thing I, I thought that I, I think that I'm really good at. That's that great. My, my wife would confirm. The, <laughs> the other thing is for about nine years, I've had uh, an agency that focused primarily on helping uh-huh. Amazon, the A to Z on Amazon, the whole gamut there. Yeah. 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 Um, primarily for uh, brands and private label sellers. Uh-huh. Now, I, again, I pride myself on thinking outside of the box, thinking several steps ahead. This is the first time in, 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 in 14 years that I just didn't see one thing, but I saw five and I wasn't thinking this. And obviously this is, you're, you're, you put this out there. None of this stuff has happened yet. So you could be wrong. So I, 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 mean, I, I make up a lot of things. That's what I say. No, but I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, I really think that some or all of this is going to be a hundred percent accurate in, in the very near future. So I want to, I'm going to go over each one. I'm going to, sure. I have the, I'm looking at the post Perfect. And, Perfect. and I want to go over each one, not necessarily in any order. Um, but uh, this first one. So by the way, like, why did I write this? I, I had at least two or three people in the last week ask me the same question. And the question was pretty simple. Like a lot of sellers are hurt. Amazon has, and, and Jeff Bezos is very public about saying that, the third-party business is critical to our business. It is maybe the most important part of the retail part of Amazon. Amazon has many companies now. Um, but it's probably more important than a lot of the other parts of retail of Amazon. And so should Amazon be doing something to help its sellers? And, and what, what will they be doing? Like, could you tell us, like, tell me, what do you think is going to happen there? Okay. And, and then your response was this these five points. Um, the, the first one, and we, we don't ever get into politics here, but it's really possible to talk about Corona and, and importing fees and Amazon without, without mentioning a little bit. So That's right. um, most people know, of the, I guess, the feud between Jeff and the Donald. And, and you, you're proposing here that Amazon should prepare as if it's a public utility that could be commandeered by the federal government at any time. Yes, Jeff and Donald will bury the hatchet. Can you unpack that? Where are you coming from with that? Yeah, so it's it's really just putting myself in a kind of a World War II mindset, where at one point well, it's a pandemic. So yeah, it's a there. pandemic, and at one point, look, the, the the America is an amazing country, and if you look at kind of going back in the '40s, I mean, we were putting one you know bomber off the line. And the bomber has like, oh, I don't know, a million parts or something every hour, you know, or something like that's how that's, that's kind of like our manufacturing output capacity. So the idea that the people can't buy toilet paper is kind of nonsensical to me, right? And so in, 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 in America. So I, I think the federal government will act at some point to um, unblock all aspects of the supply chain is number one. And I think second, is um, I think it will affect all the carriers. Um, at probably at some point, all carriers will be ordered or almost forced, either from external or within, to stop sending non-essential orders. Um, so that's sort of another part of it. And I think the other thread that I, I really thought is like, Amazon is always much smarter than everyone else. And so I'm like, what would I do if I were Amazon and I was in this case? like? Amazon is very early in their supply chain journey from a transportation by Amazon point of view. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, by that, I mean like being an official public carrier, first class carrier like UPS or FedEx. Absolutely. And they're only carrying Amazon parcels. And we know that's not where they're going to stop. And you have this crisis, which, you know, your crisis is his opportunity and your margin is his opportunity. So um, I, I kind of believe that if I'm Amazon, one way you could potentially use this crisis as an opportunity to accelerate your plans to move beyond the Amazon seller only, Amazon parcel only market, either FBA or um, or Amazon first party, and start basically make the federal government your first customer. You know, offer them some kind of discounted rates, and number one, it fuels their network. Number two, it gives them experience. Uh, and number three, it kind of like throws a dart at FedEx at the same time. So, <laughs> so well, actually, I mean, it, it's it's killing off your enemy by making them your friend. Right. Right. Okay. And wow. So that that's like, uh, what what is the judo move for for Jeff Bezos right now in this situation? And and I, that's the best one I could come up with. By by actually, instead of waiting for it to potentially be forced upon them and other carriers. It's to come out and and volunteer themselves up as kind of yeah. taking the initiative where the government would kind of need a model or a blueprint to enforce yeah. everywhere else. And, and you know what? I, I think if, if, if Amazon is really, really smart about it, they will do it like Elon Musk style. Like when Elon Musk like talked about like, hey, we're going to make this hyperloop. Like the whole world went like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, people are going to teleport from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Like this doesn't make any sense. But then he like he published plans and people believe Elon Musk like he could do it. Like whatever it is, I still don't know what a hyperloop is, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, if I am Jeff Bezos, the way you take advantage of the situation is you start public statements about the fact that we're willing to step in and help the federal government. Here are our rates, here's what we're gonna do, here are the routes we're gonna do, and force almost force the government on their back foot to saying like to start a national conversation about like, hey, why don't we take Amazon up on this offer? We can't get vent- we can't get ventilators. Like we can't get all these things to where they need to be. And Amazon is willing to help us. Yes, we know that there's probably another agenda here, but <laughs> um, when when I read it too, I'm also when I walk around and, and I'm around people, I just default to everybody is a by the way social distancing. Don't yes. don't walk around too much. Yeah, no, I, in normal in normal times, when I walk around somebody, I just default to everybody I know, I see is a prime member. Right. Uh, they have a prime right. membership. I just default to that. And, and now, uh, the very few people that I'm around in this social distancing, I hear people say, um, I just got my prime membership. That way I can get toilet paper. <laughs> right. right. But, the, right. but they, they see, they, they, people are converting to being prime members now that right. weren't for because of this narrative, like you're saying, that they believe that's the only way they can get their toilet paper, which I think translates better for all sellers in the future, the more prime right. members there are. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that uh, 100%. I, I thought that was brilliant. I agree 100%. Uh, the second one, uh, with the slashing of FBA, they may relax prime restrictions and ungate the seller fulfilled prime program that is, that's their prime assortment. So that their prime assortment doesn't dwindle in non-essential categories. Yeah. Can you unpack that? 
Yeah, this this came out of, uh, I was quoted in an article last week uh, from Business Insider, Eugene Kim there. Yeah, just a small um, mag, just a small play. Yeah, he just, just reached out to me a couple of times. And <laughs> what he, he, he actually tipped me off that this was all happening with FBA being forced to be non-essential items <clears throat> or essential items. And thinking through what does that mean for Amazon and, and particularly the consumer. I mean, the reality is the consumer, I think, immediately isn't going to notice any change. Right. I mean, other than the fact that it's Corona. But the fact that it's FBA, they're not going to immediately notice any change because the reason is I think a couple of things happen. Number one is the demand on non-essential items is starting to trail off and probably will continue to trail off. I think second is the smarter sellers started sending more products to Amazon. I, I have a couple of seller friends who are like, whoa, if it, if if the stuff really hits the fan, then if my employees may not be able to ship on time and I don't want to lose my prime status, let me ship extra stuff to Amazon. And so third is the demand for essentials went way up. And so Amazon, I think to me, how I think Amazon did this is they looked at those three things together. And they're like, this can't continue. We're in trouble. So we're going to focus on essentials. And so I think um, what it means for them if they want to preserve after the products in FBA now sell out, um, Prime is the I mean Prime is the linchpin for all the retail elements of Amazon, in my opinion. I mean sure. Prime Prime is Amazon mm-hmm. from the consumer point of view. Period. Like end of discussion. And so if if the value of Prime dwindles, that's that's a really negative thing for Amazon. And um, and so. How, how, if I'm Amazon, like, what other options do you have? Uh, you, you know, SFP obviously is a good option. And there's warehouse by, you know, warehouse by Amazon. Like, if you put their software in your warehouse, or something like, or if they authorize three PLs to be SFP on on your behalf, right? Um, which I I think several do. So it, it was really more about like maintaining selection and thinking what Amazon could do during this time to, I guess, help out sellers in some way um, so that they could continue being in prime uh, and not negatively hurt them. Because some people are both. Some people are, I mean, some people, many people are SFP and FBA. Well, well, many, many people struggle. I mean, seller point of view, prime, as you know, allows a lot of people to enter into e-commerce without having ever touched boxing tape. Right. So... So when I'm, I, I recently was, was interviewed on the, the Helium 10 uh, Facebook group, uh-huh. and that was my default. I mean, I came from that, like before uh-huh. and they were pitching FBA and I'm like, I'm not going to pay you to send inbound, you know what I mean? And go figure. But I, I defaulted. I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Like we're going merchant fulfilled. We're set up for that. But for right. a lot of people that have never done that again, the, I've never touched box tape seller. That's unheard of right. um, to do that. But the few people that are in the middle, their biggest hesitation is that the metrics surrounding mm-hmm. it are so tough. Right. You're yeah. off by a day in yeah. shipping or you ship late. You're, you're just, you're just done. Amazon zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you see? How do you see Amazon dealing with that portion of it? Ooh, I, I look, I, I do think it will be relaxed. I see, you know, I love two minds. Like number one is or forgivable. Yeah, exactly. The, the prime promise, two days 
I think as long as the supply chains are running, I I, I really don't think they will, they will relax it. That's just my personal point of view. Um, I think they will find other ways to be more forgiving. And I think the only way that will happen is if they relax, say like, okay, three days is now prime or four days, four days is now prime. It just sounds, even sounds funny to say it anymore. Like people right, right, right. ship in three to five days. Remember, uh, delivered in six to eight weeks. <laughs> right. It's crazy. What, it's um, crazy. What, do you see, is there even a, a way to set it up that Amazon mm. can share their, mm. their deep discounted shipping rates mm. with these merchant fulfilled sellers pass through UPS? You know, it's a good question. Um, you know, normally, like if you're a drop shipper, right? A lot of times you're using the retailer's rates right? Um, because they're cheaper than your own. And so they've never done that on the marketplace side or most people never do that on a marketplace side. So it's a, it's an interesting thought. Because they're set up on the vendor side. They have that vendor direct ship. Right. Um, you know, could it be possible what they want to do? <laughs> Is that right, 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 yeah, question? <laughs> but um I'm sure they have the best rates on the planet uh, for UPS, but um, it, it's, it's a good question. I, I personally don't think Amazon will relax prime standards. You know, it's, we're in a, such a strange time that I, you know, probably won't be surprised either if they, if they do it. Okay. Let, let, let's go on. To three. Uh, well, third and fourth, I think we could probably mm-hmm. cover um at the same time, um, if I'm if I'm understanding them correctly, mm-hmm. that is uh, third. I expect them them being Amazon. I expect Amazon to eliminate monthly seller minimums on the entry level seller accounts. Mm-hmm. This is a no brainer. And fourth, I do think Amazon mm-hmm. will slash its marketplace success mm-hmm. fee by one third to ease the burden on sellers. One third. That sounds pretty specific. I don't know. Yeah, I I thought I would just pick a number um, and. Yeah, I mean, for the first one, it's just more about helping the little guys, like the smallest sellers. Um, I thought that would have, you know, who, who have the most numbers of sellers, you know. Yeah, what, what do you mean by seller minimums? Seller minimums, what I mean is if, if you just sign up as a non-pro seller on Amazon, on the marketplace, you pay, uh, what, 39, $29 a month or $39 a month. Yeah, the, the pro remember. one is... There, there's, a monthly, there's a monthly fee in addition to thing, but if you pay... Um, you know, if if you don't do that, then so that's that's kind of what I mean. Just waiving those those minimum fees, and I, I may even miss misread the rate card. So yeah, and uh, and uh, the thing where you don't think Amazon will slash its market. Well, you do think Amazon yeah. will slash its marketplace success fees. Does that mean the the fees that Amazon takes away? Yeah, the fifteen percent or whatever it is based on the category. Um, what, what, I, why would they do that? Uh, I think because it will make them seem human. Is <laughs> the, the, the short answer. So I, I think you know ultimately Amazon like marketplace is a very is a profitable part of their retail business and they can probably afford a few points of margin uh, here. Um, I can see where that would go a long way, especially since. A lot of newer sellers right now mm-hmm. feel uh, almost betrayed that yeah. are selling non-essentials yeah. uh, and they can't see past the pallet in their garage, so to speak. Right. And um, 
before, I mean, I, I never saw a move like this coming un, until it happened. Right. But when it happened, I thought it was genius. And I was like, that's obvious. <laughs> At no point did, have I ever considered, like, if you're not suspended and you're in good standings, you mm -hmm. can all ship to FBA if you have an account. Like, that was never in question. Whatever you have. Right. Yeah. And, and now there is. Yeah, as long as I'm willing to pay the rates. As long as. So I, yeah. I think that that market, you know, shaving some of that marketplace success fee definitely would earn some of that trust back from uh, from third party merchants. Yeah, I I, I think so. I, I think it would ease their burden a little bit. I mean, some some people asked me if I thought they were going to extend capital terms to sellers, um, to, you know, for like inventory financing. I don't think Amazon has a program like that. I, I could be wrong. They have a program. Well, Amazon does everything. have a lending program. That'd be a whole other topic too. That yeah, exactly. Sellers right now are like, look, I, I owe you and they automatically pay mm. themselves back mm. from the disbursements. So some sellers now are kind of like, look, you're not letting me ship in for two weeks yet. You still want me to pay. So I, I don't know if it's going to gain any ground. I think there's, you know, some merit there. Yeah, so Amazon could potentially expand its lending program, you know. At first, I thought, like, oh, maybe Amazon isn't going to do anything. They'll just wait to see what the federal government does. And then, but that, that wouldn't make a very interesting post, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, this fifth, fifth and final one. You know, before, yeah. before getting into the fifth one, why do you yeah. think Amazon picked two weeks? Like, how, how do you think that, why two weeks? Do you think the two weeks will be extended? The two weeks for the um, not allowing new non-essentials. Yeah, I don't. I think no one knows what's going on. <laughs> That's the only honest answer. Yeah, really, no one has a clue. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking it's. Well, I'm preparing. Yeah. Get I think it's going to be long. I think it's going to be longer. You think what? I think it's going to be longer. Okay. They can. I mean, they they've even paused pantry right now. You know, for this, you know, the big bulky shipments, um, yeah. I guess is they don't have enough stock anyway. So <laughs> I, I, I see it extended and that, and that's why that first one that you mentioned, or is it the first, no, the second one about uh, the seller fulfilled prime program. Yeah. I think that's when that kicks in. Yeah, I, I think so too. They need to figure out a way to keep their supply going for these items. And I think it's okay if selection is slightly down. Because buying is slightly down, but if it drops off a cliff, uh, then that's a problem for them. Yeah. And for a lot of things that someone like uh, one of those suction cup, hold your cell phone in the car things, like <laughs> if a certain brand runs out of stock, there's like 50 more. Yeah. And, and that, it kind of goes with my theory about Amazon marketplace. Yeah. You are replaceable. I mean, that, that's like the motto of Amazon Marketplace. Uh, so if there's one less seller, Amazon is like, eh, you know, there'll they'll be another one behind. Let's get into this fifth one. This is interesting. Um, fifth, I think Amazon's supply chain network will start being a vendor of the federal government. Watch this space. There's a deal coming here with his old enemy that the president will be able to take credit for. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. First of all, look, I mean, politics aside, if, if the president can take credit for something, he will do many things that he said he would not do before. Correct. Uh, any president. I, I, any president, <laughs> in particular this one. Yes. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of the first point. Uh, the second point is 
it seems like this whole Jedi, con- I was surprised the Jedi contract is being reconsidered now. I'm not sure if somehow the Congress got it ahead of this or something, but Microsoft may not have this contract anymore and Amazon may be back in the running. Where did that come from? Right. Um, also, Trump has admitted, I think publicly, that he has talked to Jeff Bezos in the last couple of weeks. I heard that. You know, what are they, what are they talking about? I don't know. Um, so what do you, I what thought, do you, what do you see a deal looking like? Wow. It's a good question. Um, I think, I think they could be set up as a shipper of record from, you know, in between these manufacturers of critical goods and all the outlets that need them, whether that's hospitals or nursing homes or cities or wherever, the, the- um, Amazon will set up sort of dedicated routes, almost like a public utility, like almost like, you know, just think about it in like electrical grid terms. Like they become the the people wiring the, you know, the electricity generators to the, you know, to the neighborhoods um, or, or to the homes. And they just set themselves up outside of the warehouses of of the, the loading bays of all the warehouses and the manufacturers, you know, as things roll off the assembly line, right onto Amazon trucks, you know, directly to wherever they need to go so that New York doesn't run out of ventilators or Miami doesn't run out of, you know, medical masks or, you know, groceries hit the Kroger or whatever it is. Yeah. There there was a post this morning I saw, um, I'm assuming it's accurate. It was on Facebook, but uh, I'm assuming it's accurate. And that was at the CDC. You said those things together, Facebook. Well, I have to nowadays. Right? Right. You have to say that. Right. Otherwise, we record this we <laughs> and I get hit with fake news. So I'm putting it out there like I, I, it sounded legit when I read it. Right. And that was that the CDC has said, look, in the absence of masks mm-hmm. and protective gear like, for this, that you should wear a bandana. Yeah. And it really emphasized the point like that. They're already sticking that out there to realize how critical the shortage would be for, for medical support for masks. Now I'm wondering if, I don't know if this is what you're thinking, but the fifth one and the first one we covered about mm-hmm. this deal. Yeah. They're kind of together. Yeah. Does, how does this look? Is it even a good thing? But how does this look if this was in place mm. and this started happening? Like we can go mm. back when we first start hearing this, does a, does a situation like this allow the government to say, look, everything you have an in inventory on this stuff, mm-hmm. they, they just, they're able to buy it and they're able to get it and get a hold of it to their medical staff rather than mm-hmm. what happened now is, is everyone mm-hmm. just use their prime account, you know, citizens <laughs> wiped it out. Right. And in right. most cases wiped it out to the point where they have a year's supply kind of yeah. like toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the case. I, I think, you're not in a situation where you need to go through procurement anymore. You know what I mean? Right. You don't need to go through, uh, you know, logging into Amazon and trying to find a delivery window for yourself. Like stuff's just going to start showing up to all the essential places. And Amazon, I think in theory, their delivery network could be a big part of that. Yeah. Um, I think the other companies, I'm I'm not saying other companies uh, couldn't be a part of it too, or, um, even it could go sideways that to, to stick it to stick it to Jeff Bezos, Trump would do the opposite, right? 
Like <laughs> UPS is the, the, you know, takes over the USPS during this crisis and everyone else is locked out. I mean, that could happen. <laughs> yeah, no, but that, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Like none of this right. has happened yet, but exactly. I think it's important to, you know, hear this kind of stuff. And if you yeah. feel like, wow, I think there's some merit to that. Yeah. Um, make sure make, your business the, is yeah. ready for that scenario. Not, not to diminish my own points, but the whole counterpoint to all my points is that of all these retail leaders that Donald Trump put on the stage about two weeks ago, now two weeks, I think this Friday. None of them were Bezos. <laughs> none of them were Bezos. <laughs> right. <laughs> the number one retailer in e-commerce in the U.S. So right. uh, it was fascinating, I thought. Yeah, that was definitely it. I almost thought it was a snub. They had Walmart up there and a few others, but. 100%. But, but nowadays that could, that could be the very fact that means it's going yeah. to be Bezos. So it, yeah. it's, I, the short answer is be ready. Um, what yeah. advice do you think, or one, what quick strategy nugget could you yeah. drop out there to e-commerce sellers right now that have mm. been selling for the last three to five mm. years and they have had this gravy train mm. of ease in starting their, you know, their solopreneur, like business and e-commerce. And now, you know, regardless if this is cured tomorrow with the economy, we're looking at some, some, a, a tough road now. Yeah. What's some strategy advice? you can I, give? I, I'm, I'm always big on diversification. So I think diversify, diversify, diversify. There, there are a lot of Amazon sellers that if they started today, they could never repeat their business. Sure. Meaning that they've, they've gotten a niche that their items have history. They have reviews, they have, you know, they have, they're at the top of the keywords. If they went in today with the same product, same strategy, there's no way they could rise above the fold. It's just a fact on Amazon today how big it is. Um, and so I think if the retail, like if you, like even Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, uses like snow globe analogy for like the world. Like someone, it's like when someone shakes up a snow globe and then it settles back down. Like how would you make your business different? So I would say rethink, like number one is rethink everything. Uh, and I think think in the direction of diversification, like what other channels did you never spend time on because you were so focused on Amazon um, and that <clears throat> that was your gravy train and you you never obviously everyone is cautious on Amazon because Amazon <laughs> could white label your product and everything. I'll leave that to the side. But if you don't have your own brand, if you don't have your own store. If you aren't on more than one channel, if all these things, I think, go back to basics and developing your own customer base that you can market to yourself, that you have 100% control over, um, I, I think it's just good advice to revisit right now. Yeah, definitely. And I'd like to say that that I, I definitely know what I'm doing when it comes to launching products on Amazon and my own brands, but you have some truth to it. There are portions of portions of the success that my brands have right now that if I needed to do the same thing again with the same factory, same product, same PPC, um, right. would not achieve the level that they are now. So yeah. thing, things change and you change with them. Yeah. Um, Rick, I want to wrap this up because we're getting uh, towards the, the, the end of where uh, I, like to, I like to keep these relatively short. There was a lot to cover here. Uh, two things I want to hit on is, or for you to share is, how do people get a hold of you? Yep. Um, and the other one is, if you are a reader, what is your favorite book and why? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I always, like, one of the, my first technical 
books that I ever read. It was like William Gibson's Neuromancer, like an old sci-fi okay. uh, novel. And so and I read it like very early on in my kind of childhood and just like thinking about like, what is the cyberspace thing? Like, what does right. that even mean? Neuromancer. Uh, yeah, exactly. Neuromancer. Um, so your sci-fi heads and the audience will appreciate the old well, I'm a sci-fi geek. reference. Um, William Gibson is one of the originals. Um, and, and, you know, in fact, a lot of the, you know, Blade Runner and like all this stuff was, you know, someone's going to debunk me, but later on, but I think it's based on that. So that's kind of one. Um, and then how people get in touch with me. So I have a website. Uh, you can hit me up there, rickwatson.io. Um, I'm on LinkedIn uh, a lot. Uh, and you can hit me on there. Um, search for Rick Watson e-commerce. I'll probably come up. Um, and then uh, my email is rick at rickwatson.io. So you can reach me there. Perfect. Rick, you've been amazing. I, I, I had a blast. Uh, this has got to be one of the, the, the funnest guest interviews on my podcast that I that I've ever had to date. So I really appreciate that. And I hope you stay super safe during this uh, Corona COVID-19 thing. All right. Thanks so much, Carlos. I, I had a great time as well. Thank you. Liked what you heard and want to stay connected? Join our Facebook group or find me anywhere on social media at Wizards of Amazon or text the word Amazon to 69922. 